I spit my verses all in Spanish I was born in Kansas I'm the richest person on the planet I would never get a tattoo I never feed my daughter fast food What's going on guys? Welcome to episode 68 of the My Parents Office podcast My name is Andrew Diaz and I am your host Today we have our State of the Office segment uh, Another one I'm going to be doing on my own We're talking NFL Draft uh, ended this weekend Kentucky Derby was this past weekend. So we're going to get into all that types of stuff. Um, I've mentioned it uh, many times, many times. You guys are probably getting sick and tired of me saying this, but the NFL draft is easily my favorite weekend probably of the year, maybe tied with the start of college football. But both revolve around football. Um, They're awesome days, and the draft is just so much fun. Um, As a Vikings fan, it's even better. And this year was actually even better. Uh, it was an exciting year. Uh, we picked up some great players, but there was a lot. This year's draft was super interesting. You had five quarterbacks go in the first round. Alabama ties the record of players taken in the first round with uh, Miami, early 2000s Miami. So overall, it was wild. Mac Jones falls to the Pats, which is, I think the league could be shaking in their boots with that happening because could the dynasty continue or be dynasty 2.0? I don't know. I mean, it Mac Jones fits the new England play style. You got the weapons like Hunter Henry around him, John U. Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, uh, James White, Sony Michelle. So you got all those guys and it's just their defense is back and better than ever too. And they picked up Christian Barmore who somehow somehow fell out of the first round, which I think is pretty crazy. Uh, there's a lot of guys that fell out of the first round that I was shocked by, and a lot of teams that reached in the first round, one of which being the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, taking Alex Leatherwood 17th overall out of Alabama. What's weird with that pick to me is that Leatherwood was only played left tackle at Alabama. Now, they have their strongest position on the offensive line currently since they got rid of Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, and Trent Brown is left tackle. They extended Colton Miller, gave me a three year, $42 million contract. And you're going to go and draft another left tackle. Maybe they're going to move him to guard. Maybe he'll replace Trent Brown, Trent Brown at right tackle. I don't know what the thinking was there, especially with uh, a guy like a Christian Darasaw still on the board, or if they want to do, um, go Sam Cosme, or if they address the edge position, Quiddy Pay was still available, Jalen Phillips still available, Carlos Boogie Bashman, Gregory Russo, all those guys were still available. So I don't know why they took Leatherwood. That I think was the first big reach of the first round. Um, looking at other picks before that, yeah. Oh, I'd say the Cardinals at 16 reached on Zayvon Collins. I've raved that he is a great athlete. Um, he's kind of like a chess piece, as Mel Kuyper said. I think he, I don't know, he plays much like Isaiah Simmons, and you already have Isaiah Simmons. And Isaiah Simmons didn't really work out too great for you last year. So why would you go and draft a guy that plays the exact same as Isaiah Simmons? Um, I, I mean, he can rush the passer better than Simmons. Uh, Simmons is probably a better cover guy. So I'm curious to see what the Cardinals are going to do with him because they're not going to keep him as a primary edge rusher when you already have – J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. So weird pick. Um, then, like I said, uh, 17, the Raiders took Leatherwood. 
Uh, 19, Jamin Davis goes to the Washington football team. I was uh, – it's another pick. He only started one year, uh, and I think one game his junior year. So, <sighs> picking him is weird just because not a lot of experience. I know linebacker is a not a great position for the Washington football team, but they, I think they could have looked to trade back to the end of the first round. You could get an Uusa Koromoa uh, type player at that pick where he could play inside outside safety for you. Uh, Jamin Davis, I think they definitely reached here. I mean, he, with, I think any linebacker that gets put into the football Washington football team system is going to succeed if they're a good tackler. And Jamin Davis is a good tackler, but because of the D line with Ioannidis, Payne, Allen, Kerrigan, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, you've got all those guys eating up blocks play after play. The linebackers are able to run free. So if Jamin, I mean. I could be eating my words late at the end of the year if he racks up like a hundred tackles. So I hope I am, but I just felt like this pick was a reach at 19, um, 23. This is not a reach. The Vikings, I think we're actually looking at Darasaw at 14. They trade with the jets, uh, get pick up two third round picks. The jets take Elijah Vera Tucker, who I initially wanted, uh, the Vikings to take. But it kind of works out because Darasaw is going to stay. He's going to be our starting left tackle. Our O line is figured out now after this draft, I think. Uh, knock on wood that we don't have an injury. Um, I'm praying that we don't. I'm praying nobody gets hurt. Our O line is going to look like Christian Darasaw at left tackle, Ezra Cleveland at left guard, Garrett Bradbury at center, Wyatt Davis, the rookie out of Ohio State, at right guard, and right tackle Brian O'Neill. I mean, it, it looks like. Rick Spielman uh, is a genius in the draft, and he really set us up to succeed. Um, and that Darasaw pick is great. You're able to trade back and get a guy. He even said to goes, when the guy you're looking at at 14 is still available at 23, you know you did something right. Uh, and they were able to trade back and pick him up before he, was, he got scooped up by anybody. Um, Jacksonville taking Travis Etienne was weird to me because there were a lot more – uh, holes on their team than running back. When you have James Robinson, who was like I think top five in rushing last year as an undrafted free agent rookie. So why are you taking ETN uh, with your other first rounder? I think they could have went with Usa Koromoa, Greg Newsome, um, Morig, uh, Stokes. You could I think DB should have been the move for them, um, or linebacker, or just anything other than running back. Quarterback and running back were the two that you had figured out. Uh, so I don't know why running back is really the choice. I understand the idea of bringing uh, Lawrence and ETN, keeping them together, but I don't like it. Uh, I really don't just because it feels like a wasted pick. You have, you are able to try to, you're trying to take advantage of having two first rounders that rarely ever happens for a team. Um, and now you go and waste it on a back, uh, I'm just not a fan of it overall. That, that was That's one of my least favorite picks. My other one is the Saints taking Peyton Turner was a weird one. Um, the only real good thing about him is he's got a motor. Uh, and, like, you can't teach that. He's got a, a great motor. He'll get after the he'll, – he'll, he's going to give you max effort, play after play. But he's not a great player. Uh, I mean, compared to who was still on the board for edge rushers, there was Greg Russo, Boogie Bashman, um, Joseph Owa, Osai from Texas, um, Jason Owe from Penn State. 
you had a lot of guys still available. So I don't know why, especially when you have Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan still on your roster. I understand Davenport's not the ideal guy, but at least take a player better than Peyton Turner, like a Gregory Russo, who's got who's about the same stature as Turner. Um, and then the next pick, the Packers, absolutely. But, I mean, the Packers, they started and ended very poorly on Thursday with reports that Aaron Rodgers did not want to be back in Green Bay playing. He didn't like management. And, I mean, I don't blame him. Uh, management kept him out of the loop when they went and drafted Jordan Love. I mean, the report came out this year that the Bears called Andy Dalton when they were drafting Fields. Uh, the Buccaneers talked to Brady when they brought in Kyle Trask. And last year, they didn't contact – the Packers didn't contact Aaron Rodgers when they took Jordan Love, which is a slap in the face. Um, you're looking pretty much to replace him, and you're just not going to let him know. And he goes out and wins MVP last season, which is, I think, awesome. I think a top landing spot for him could be the Raiders, maybe Denver, but they just traded for Bridgewater. Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, I But I think he's definitely going to go out west. So it really depends on which team. But I think the Raiders could be an awesome fit for him. Uh, I would have said San Fran had they not taken Trevor or um, Trey Lance and still held on to Garoppolo. Um, but then, yeah, Green Bay goes and takes a corner in Eric Stokes when there's still receivers on the board. Uh, gosh, you got uh, Rondell Morris on the board, who would have been a big help in the slot. You could you could put Alan Lazard out wide with Devontae Adams, and you got Tunyon over the middle. They could have even went tight end and taken a Pat Fryermith out of uh, Penn State, but they take a corner. They offer – like, if you want to try to keep Aaron Rodgers around – you got to put, you got to get some help around him. And this draft clearly did not do that for you. Um, I just think they absolutely botched it. And they, like, I think their recovery pick was taking a receiver in the third round. Rogers isn't going to buy that. Rogers wants a premier guy. Um, but yeah, that was just an odd, an odd pick. And then 32, the Bucks take a, a, a linebacker edge rusher, Joe, Joe Tryon. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of this pick just because I think they could have, I don't know what really what the bucks would have went with. I would have liked to see maybe an edge rusher, uh, for them. I think that would have worked out better than taking a linebacker because when your linebackers are Levante, David and Devin white and are still, they're just super athletes. They're super efficient. I don't know why you're taking a guy like that. Um, maybe just his depth and he can learn behind him, but I wasn't a huge fan of that pick. Now, over the Vikings selections, the ones I really want to talk about, like I said, first round they took Darasaw. They did not have a second-round pick from the Yannick Ngakwe trade, which still works out. We, uh, I think we had, what, one, two, three. We had four third-rounders, three fourth-rounders, two fifths and a sixth to go with our first. So the first-rounder, take Darasaw. Great. Biggest need was left tackle after you let Riley Reef walk, which I was fine with. Everybody was kind of complaining around the league, like, why are you going to let Reef go? He played his best season of his life. Uh, that's not saying much. Reef's not a great offensive lineman, and he just signed with the Bengals. Uh, God bless Joe Burrow. Um, I think the, the Bengals really big slap in the face not taking an offensive tackle. Uh, taking Swell at two – or at not at two, Jesus, at five. They took a Jamar Chase for him, but Joe Burrow, I mean, you, you can't be efficient if you're getting hit every play, but – that's here or there. Uh, round three, the Vikings had to go with a little bit of a shocking pick to me. 
they take Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback. Uh, initially, I was like, oh, my God, why are they doing this? What is going on? But my tune quickly changed. Uh, I was excited about it because I think, Kirk, they're thinking maybe one or two more years of him. I mean, if he succeeds, obviously, they're going to keep him around. And I love Kirk Cousins. I'm not looking to replace him anytime soon. But we got a guy behind him that can maybe wait two or three years and step right into the Viking system with Justin Jefferson, with Irv Smith. Adam Thielen will be older by that time. Dalvin Cook will still be around, hopefully. C.J. Ham, uh, Chad Beebe, maybe. I don't know. Ola Bissy Johnson. Um, but Mon can step in and be that guy for us. Uh, 78, the 78th pick, I liked this pick, of Chaz Surratt, the linebacker from North Carolina. Uh, he's going to fill in that Eric Wilson role. Uh, we lose Eric Wilson, one-year, $3 million deal to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a tough loss to think about. Uh, I was upset about it because of the – I wasn't more upset with the money that he got from the Eagles that the Vikings weren't able to pay him that much. Um, if it was like a four-year, $35 million deal, I would have been like, all right, that's fine that he walked. But it was a one-year, $3 million deal. It was chump change. And Wilson was more efficient than Anthony Barr last year. Granted, Barr was injured, but you know what you're getting with Eric Wilson. Barr hasn't been super consistent lately. I would have liked to keep Wilson, but I love this pickup of Chaz Surratt. He was amazing at North Carolina. Quick, physical, athletic, uh, all you want in the linebacker. Uh, 86, I actually, before the, the end of the year, Wyatt Davis was a projected first rounder. I don't know if he tested bad or just the rest of the offensive line class was really good. But he dropped from being like a first-round pick to uh, the third round, and I'm fine with that because we got our guy. I wanted Wyatt Davis for a while. I mean, he's dripped out offensive lineman. He's rocked the the rubber pads on his arms, the elbow brace. Uh, he's just he's got the taped up gloves or the wrist the wrist bra- wrist braces. Uh, overall, he's just a dripped out lineman, and he'll be a good starter at right guard. Bye bye, Drew Samia. Bye-bye, Dakota Dozier. Bye-bye, Rashad Hill. Good riddance, and I hope you don't come back because they are three of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL. I don't know how they're still on a a team, maybe because they're playing for next to nothing, but, you know, Wyatt Davis stepping in. I like that. He's a little under – not undersized, a little light, I believe. Um, And he's an average athlete, but he's physical in the run game, proficient in the pass game. Uh, I mean, a great pick here in the third round. Uh, number 90, we go edge rusher, which was another big one that a lot of analysts had us going. But I like DJ Wanham, um, the rookie we had last year out of South Carolina. He played really well last year when needed. He had a, the game-winning sack against Green Bay. So I hope him and Patrick Jones the second, who we just drafted from Pitt, with the 90th pick, they kind of rotate. This D-line next year is going to be the best in the league, maybe second best behind the, the Washington football team. Because at pick 199, we take Jalen Twyman, who I've met Jalen Twyman before at the uh, Walter Camp breakfast a few years ago. Um, One of the thick – I say this all the time about Mason Paris. Jalen Twyman has one of the thickest necks I've ever seen. He's got a huge tattoo on his neck. He's big. He's a big dude, uh, intimidating in person, and he's intimidating on the field. He took the year off because of COVID, and that ultimately hurt him to drop drop right into our laps in the sixth round. So him dropping, I'm happy about. Uh, I I like him uh, being a part of the Vikings. Our D-line's looking like it's going to be Wanham, Daniil Hunter, Patrick Jones on the edge. 
And then we have in the middle, Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, and Jalen Twyman. And we drafted uh, at pick 134 in the fourth round, Janarius Robinson, the defensive end from Florida State. So, I mean, we have a good rotation on the edge. And I, I actually, one of the underrated signings we had over the uh, on Saturday was bringing in free agent linebacker Tuff Borland, who is undrafted guy, and he's got the ultimate football name. We actually, the Vikings brought in two of the two guys that were on my uh, football guy list, my top 10 football guys of the draft. Um, Tuff Borland, they signed him uh, just off that name. Like, come on, that name is sweet. And then you, they bring in Zach Davidson, a Division II tight end from Central Missouri, who was not only the tight end for the team, he was their punter as well. Uh, a jack of all trades. I mean, that's what a football guy is. A football guy doesn't do just one thing. I mean, Ben Mason was my number one football guy. He was playing fullback, tight end, halfback, wing, D tackle, special teams. He would hurdle guys. He'd run through them. I mean, Ben Mason was the ultimate football guy. Zach Davidson, a football guy, and we landed him. He'll be probably the backup tight end behind Irv Smith Jr. I'm not a huge Conklin fan, but Conklin's a decent tight end. I think Davidson could beat him out. I mean, hey, if our punter ever gets hurt, uh, Zach Davidson, you're, you're stepping in. Better get your soccer cleats on. Uh, switch them from your, uh, your normal cleats. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I did like this pick a lot. Um, start around four at 119. We bring in Kenny Nuwangwu. Um, sorry, I just butchered his name. But uh, the running back from Iowa State, I, after this pick, I, I didn't really know who it was. I went to YouTube, looked him up. He's, I guess he's a great kick returner, um, which we haven't had since Cordell Patterson left a couple years ago. So I do like the pick to uh, prioritize special teams. I'm a fan of that. Uh, making this guy our primary kick returner will be huge. And that's always a great threat to have is somebody that can run it back on you. Uh, still in the fourth round, pick 125. This one was from the Bears. We got Cameron Bynum. Uh, corner slash safety from Cal. He can kind of do it all. Maybe he'll play in the nickel for us a little bit because he's physical enough to make tackles as a safety, but also has pretty good coverage skills. Or he could be uh, – no, he won't be corner too because we got Pat Pete still. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like this signing or this draft pick. It adds depth at the defensive back position. Um, and he could even turn into our number, our number two safety – uh, him and Harrison Smith as a duo, or I think maybe Josh Metellus from last year could be that guy next to Harrison Smith. But either way, Bynum is going to find time on the field. Uh, number pick 134 from the Bills. Like I mentioned before, Janarius Robinson comes in, adds depth at the edge position. Uh, I, I like this pick a lot. Maybe I wish we maybe would have went safety after we had just taken a defensive end, but it's fine. Uh, in the fifth round, pick number 157, Emir smith Merceta from Iowa, a receiver. Always need that receiver depth because, like, we have Thielen, we have Justin Jefferson, but outside of that, it's a, it's a drastic drop-off. And if smith Merced can uh, become that guy, that number three, where he's getting maybe four catches a game, uh, 60 yards or 50 yards, just doing his job, that's a huge W, especially in the fifth round. Um, and then that really uh, wraps with the draft. I mean, like I, I mentioned, Zach Davidson at pick 168 and Twyman at 199. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely huge uh, getting – this was a 
my favorite draft class so far. Last year's was great when we got Justin Jefferson and Ezra Cleveland, Gladney, and Dantzler, uh, KJ Osborne. It was a pretty sick class. Um, but yeah, this year Rick Spielman somehow is able to do it again. He's I really when it comes to the draft, he is just the closest thing you're gonna get to a genius. Um, but so I'm, I actually want to go over a couple notable uh, undrafted free agents that signed on to teams. Uh, as you guys know, big Notre Dame fan. Um, cornerback Nick McLeod signs with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Patriots, uh, very odd. I'm surprised they have no undrafted free agents on their roster, which is definitely out of the ordinary for them. Maybe Bills satisfied with the way they drafted. Um, division rivals, the Jets brought in. Hamilcar Rochette Jr., the Oregon State edge rusher, who I thought would have been maybe a fifth-round guy. I'm surprised he didn't go. Baltimore picks up two big two big-time players, uh, Ardarius Washington out of TCU, the safety, who he is one I am shocked did not get drafted. He was a very good player at TCU. I really don't know why he fell uh, and fell out of the draft, but very shocked. And they also bring in offensive tackle Adrian Ely out of Oklahoma. Ely's a guy I would have expected to be a sixth or maybe a late fifth, early sixth round guy, but I'm not super surprised he fell out of the draft. This is a good pickup for them. The Bengals bring in a guy that's got an all-time name, uh, tight end, Pro Wells at a TCU. Like, that's awesome. Great name. And they brought in running back Puka Williams. Uh, so they add some depth there, some big-time names. Cleveland brings in a guy, another one I am – Friggin' shocked did not get did not get drafted. Uh, D tackle Marvin Will, Marvin Wilson, big physical plays a bit like Twyman, um, big dancing bear, but just super strong overall. I'm surprised he didn't find his way uh, onto a uh, onto somebody's draft board. Very shocking, but you know it happens. Um, Hawaii wide receiver Rico Busey Jr. ends up with the Steelers. Um, just going down the list. Oh, Connecticut guys, five Connecticut guys found their way onto NFL teams. Um, the first one was Jason Pinnock, uh, Jason Pinnock, quick story. I played against him. I was always the center in passing league, but I would always show up. We played against Windsor high in passing league and Jason Pinnock tore, would tear us up year after year, um, as a DB and as a receiver. Um, it was never fun having to play Windsor when you had to go out in there and play them. But he ended up – I remember his recruiting story a little bit. He was down to, like, his top three schools, was kind of a late commit, I think, uh, did his visits to Pitt, Penn State, and Notre Dame and ended up committing to Pitt, which is pretty cool. Uh, so he plays there, gets uh, some recognition, comes out, goes to the draft, gets picked by the Jets. Which overall, I mean, he's playing closer to home. That's pretty cool. Uh, ben Mason, uh, my number one football guy, one of my favorite players. He was a Gatorade Player of the Year in Connecticut at a Newtown High. Goes to Michigan as a fullback, and Michigan uses every last, every, every they got everything out of him that they could. Um, so seeing him get drafted was pretty awesome. Uh, especially fullbacks don't usually get drafted. Uh, which is unfortunate because I still think um, fullbacks are one of the most important positions, one of the most fun positions to watch. But for him to get drafted, it's awesome. He's 
I think going to be used as a jack of all trades player like he was at Michigan. Uh, then, so those were the only two guys that were drafted, but three others found their way onto rosters. Uh, West Haven native, uh, Cheshire Academy alum, Tariq Black, played a couple years at Michigan, then transferred to Texas. Rock number zero at Texas, which was pretty sick. But he found his way to the Indianapolis Colts. And I mean, will it be tough as an undrafted free agent to make that roster? Absolutely. But he's a good route runner. He's pretty crafty. He's quick. I just think he needs to have a killer camp because they have guys like T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, um, Michael Pittman Jr. And I'm sure they have other guys in there that they draft that they like better than Tariq Black. But, you know, I mean, if you're going to get thrown into that role. He's just got to ball out. I mean, he was a great player when he was at Cheshire Academy. He was good at Michigan, and he balled out at Texas. I'm surprised he didn't really find a home, but, you know, that type of stuff happens. Uh, then the Dallas Cowboys go out and sign uh, another Windsor native, Ty Coyle. Ty played at UConn and then transferred to Purdue for his last year uh, and ended up getting – picked up by the Cowboys defensive back another guy we played against was never fun to play against him but uh it's great to see Connecticut guys out here out here representing in the league and hopefully making a name for themselves and then the last guy that got picked up was tight end Scooter Harrington he's a Greenwich Connecticut guy played at Greenwich High uh went to Stanford and had a pretty good career as a tight end for the for the for Stanford's football team uh, so, but I'm not surprised he didn't go. Uh, he didn't get drafted. Um, I could have pictured. I could have projected him to fall. If you went in the seventh round, I would have been surprised. But seeing him uh, fall out of the fall out of the draft was not uh, a, a big shock factor thing to me. It's not like a Marvin Wilson uh, type of player or, an, or Darius Washington. Um, a couple other notable guys: the Vikings, like I said, brought in Tuff Borland, brought in Wap Fillier, who was great at Indiana. Um, Atlanta brings in a, a interesting, they bring in a ton of guys. Uh, quarterback Felipe Franks is really the, uh, the main guy out of the ones that they brought in. Um, Franks is big, not super athletic, uh, plays much like Matt Ryan is a good passer. If he runs, he's not a big threat, but I, I do like them bringing him in. If they could groom him to take over for Matt Ryan, especially since they passed on drafting a quarterback in the with the fourth pick when they could have had Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Uh, Carolina brings in a guy, Patty Fisher. Patty Fisher's a Massachusetts native, uh, I believe Bridgewater. I could be wrong, though. Um, he played at Northwestern, tough physical player. The Panthers get a big-time steal on him. Panthers also got a huge steal with Deontay Brown, the Alabama offensive guard who somehow fell to the sixth. The picture went viral of him in his stance with the, the knee braces, the big neck pad, and him and his stance just bent over. And he's all 350 pounds of fury and power, like everything you want in a guard. I, him and uh, he, he was a big one that I, I was surprised somehow got to the sixth round, but Carolina gets a steal in him. Um, it's kind of going to wrap up my draft coverage and whatnot. I mean, I'm giddy for the draft. I love it. I love free agency. I almost love this stuff more than I love the actual, actually watching NFL football, which is weird to say because it's crazy to think about. But um, 
I, I just love it because it, there's so much going on. I love seeing all 32 teams have to work um, and kind of just base what they're going to do next off of who's in front of them. So I, it's awesome. Um, Saturday, I'm taping this on Sunday. So yesterday, the Kentucky Derby happened. Uh, one of the biggest horse races of the year. One of the two most overrated minutes of uh, television. But, you know, I went to a derby party yesterday. We all, everybody was able to dress up and look dapper for it. So I had my nice plaid vineyard vines on. I was looking nice. Uh, and I got to watch the, like I said, the two most overrated minutes of, of sports, of television. Um, Medina Spirit, I believe was the favorite, uh, came out of the gate uh, hot. And I don't think it really ever trailed. I didn't place any bets, but I wanted a soup and sandwich to win. Soup and sandwich actually finished 19th, which was last behind a King ahead of King Fury scratched. But I mean, some of these names are awesome. Yeah. Medina spirits, not a great one. I love hot rod. Charlie. That's a sick one. Midnight bourbon. Keep me in mind. Known agenda like the King bourbonic Brooklyn strong soup and sandwich. Uh, Rock your world. I mean, I don't know where these people come up with these names for the horses, but it's awesome. But I don't know. There's something entertaining, but about watching the horses go round and round. But just the whole lore around the Kentucky Derby is overrated. But I enjoy it. It's fun. I'll admit it's overrated. I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite about it, but it happens. I like going. I went to Sarah. I've been to Saratoga once um, and bet on horses up there, bet three to five dollars a race. Um, so it, it is a good time to bet on horses, but the amount of bets you're putting on, uh, on, on these horses is crazy. I've, I saw some of them. Uh, and if you hit Medina spirit, it, it's, I believe if you put the odds, I don't know what the odds were, but I'm looking at the, uh, on sportingnews.com. It says if for the win, it was 26, 20, uh, place $12 and show seven sixty. So if you, if you did a tri, I believe it's called a trifecta crown. Don't take your horse gambling advice from me, but if you did a trifecta box, I think um, with Medina spirit, Mandaloon and hot rod, Charlie, you would have hit big time. I think that's placing all three. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the Kentucky Derby. I think it's a fun, but I keep saying it overrated. It's so hyped up, but uh, it's a good time. Um, especially, during COVID times, we're hopefully coming to the end of COVID where we're going to be back to normal. So being able to dress up and be around people and just have a good, an overall good time is always fun. Uh, especially seeing people you haven't seen in a while. So I think that was awesome. Um, outside of that, I went out golfing for the first time this weekend. Uh, it was not fun. You know what? I, I should rephrase that. I went out with my roommate, Kevin. I uh, we went out with two of his buddies, played in Westboro. Uh, it was fun being with all the people, being with people and golfing. I'm just not very good at golf. Like if I'm going to get good at golf, I need Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson to be giving me golf lessons. Probably both. I mean, I'm, if I'm flop shot and drives, they're going a hundred, 150 yards in the air and going only 75 yards out. I suck at putting. I'm, I'm decent short game, but man, oh man, do I stink at golf. Uh, that's my only takeaway from it. And every time I, I golf, I have enough good holes to keep bringing me back, which in reality is about one or two good shots. Um, 
but I hate golf so much. And I'll say that on the course, but then towards the end of the round, I'll have one of my nice shots where I'm just kind of, I'm at the end of the end of the round. I'm playing really shitty. I don't care. I'll just swing my club nice and loose and I'll have a nice shot. Maybe I'll hit like the edge of the green or something. And I'm like, you know what? If I play like that every time, we might be in business, but you know what? I can't play like that every time. So we are not in business. Um, but yeah, so a little, Oh, one thing I do want to go over. It is may our April goals are done. I do want to go over those. So we did hit episode 65. So we're going to check that off. Um, four fifty-five by three on back squat. I did not get that one. So we're going to have to X that. I got 435 for three, but you know what? I'm going to actually keep that one up there and make that my goal for May. Hopefully work to that. I mean, and if I hit 445, that's a win in my books because we're still moving up. We're still getting better. Uh, Start second, possibly third college doc. We didn't do that. Uh, We ran into some conflict issues, but you know, the college docs will be back. It wasn't just a one-time thing. Trust me about that. We will be back doing those. Um. This next one we got half on, uh, interview MC Lars, who's a great rapper. Uh, go check him out. Um, and Ridge Lovett, Nebraska Ridge Lovett. Uh, should I say friend of the program, Nebraska's Ridge Lovett. Ridge came on, did a nice 20, 25-minute interview with us. Uh, he's the man. Uh, love talking to him. Um, so, yeah, that was half. And then past upcoming accounting quiz was on there. So, you know, um, it was, a, I, I'd say it was a successful month because you're, we hit episode 65, which we were on track to, we were on track to do that. Uh, we ended up hitting episode 67, which was nice. Oh, and the songs of the month were, I know what you're doing by Cam Groves, which is a great song. I had actually just found that one. And then runaway uh, you and I by Galatinus. Um, Galatinus is like wicked techno beat. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I, I mean, they're great for working out. That's my big workout song. Like if I'm going for a PR or something. Um, but yeah, so those are my two. I'm trying to think what the songs of the month are going to be this month. Uh, well, first I'm going to start. So 455 for three for back squat. That's going to be staying up on there. Um, and then for episodes, you know what I have? So I have a big PDF saved on my computer. Um, and I just track what our episodes should be, like which ones we're going to hit on which day. Um, and just kind of keep track to make sure we stay on track. That's the biggest thing. And we're set to hit episode 80, I believe, don't take my word for it, at the end of the month. So that's going to be on there. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm bringing back the goals for the next, for next week's episode or for Friday's episode. Because I want to definitely put a lot of thought into that, but just know right now, hit episode 80 and 455 by three on back squat. And I'll also have new songs for us on there. Um, if you like the recommendations. So stay tuned for that. Wednesday, we have a Brett's question. Um, we taped that today. It was a pretty good one about uh, watching blowout sports games. Uh, just give it a shot. Um, check that out. Um, and then we have an interview with Trey Breezy. Trey and our, our boy JR Specs just dropped a new song, Red Solo Funk. Um, it's a banger. Please go check that out. Go stream it on Spotify, Apple. Uh, go follow them on Instagram. Go follow both of them on Instagram. You'll find them tagged in all our stuff on Instagram. 
I wrote an article about them on Substack. Uh, Substack is articles in the office. So go subscribe to that. You just got to put your email down. You don't got to pay for it. Um, follow us on our socials if you don't. Twitter and Instagram, at my parents' office. Um, Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Write us something nice. Uh, I'd appreciate that. Brett would appreciate that. My mom and dad would appreciate that, I'm sure. So go do that. Um, and yeah, stay tuned. We've got more content coming for you guys, uh, especially with summer uh, ramping up. Um, we have our video from the powerlifting competition that should be out soon. Um, and our new little, oh, my parents' office YouTube. You can find the college doc on there. A lot of our, I'm going to start uploading interviews that we've done. Chris Zorge is up there. Ridge Lovett, Wilson Bell. So go give those, go check those out. Um, I kind of recap NFL draft stuff or just NFL stuff in general on there. We have the wrestling roundup, which Brett and I need to do one soon because I believe junior Greco team just got figured out. So we'll be doing one of those soon on there, but uh, go check that out. And then we're making a new playlist on there called office shorts or my parents MPO shorts. We're just, if we travel somewhere and we get a quick video clip, like uh, I don't want to give too much away, but Brett and I are planning a trip to Philadelphia and we've got some different ideas um, to add to the YouTube channel and make a couple short videos from that. So but the powerlifting competition will be on there. Um, so yeah, subscribe, like all our videos, watch them 90 times, throw them on while you're sleeping. That helps us out. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the My Parents Office podcast. Uh, stay tuned. On the planet, I would never get a tattoo. I never feed my daughter fast food. Uh, can I get three barbecue? Bobby Flay never wrote a recipe.